Look at you. You made it. It's another episode of We Did That Shit. I'm Maya. And I'm Bibi. We appreciate you, podcast family, and we hope your week was the shit. If this is your first time listening, welcome, and thank you for checking us out. Don't forget to subscribe to the show and follow us on all social media sites at We Did That Shit. Hey, Maya. Hey. What's up? You know, I, I was just looking on my phone and somebody was sending me a message saying, I'm going to food truck Thursdays. Um, do you mm, want to come? That's a good friend. Um, yep. No, <laughs> I don't. I'm trying to not go. I know you're trying to not go, but you do want to go. Yeah, of course. Everybody wants to go to food truck anything. I know that's right. <laughs> Slap it on too. We always talking about food. It's crazy. I know. You're like, yeah. was that that's a rinse? A rinse. <laughs> a rinse. <laughs> Woo. Oh my goodness. And that's a shame because people know you be trying to get it together, trying to be slim and everything. And they be like, oh, what you, and then, you know, you tell them like, no, I'm working out. And they be like, oh. Oh yeah. Like Cause my know. friend who said it is, is slim. And she like, Oh, I'm the same. I'm the weight I was before I had both of the babies. She got small kids, too. Fuck you, bitch. Yeah, and I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> okay, you will yeah. be asking me if I want to go to food truck Thursdays. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> but that's yeah. cool. What's going on with you? How was your week? You know, my week was good. Um, So, an apartment came up for rent in our neighborhood. What? Yeah, I'm really happy about that. Yeah. I'm kind of happy about that, too, even though I still don't want Jiggy to move out. But if it's, like, in your neighborhood, that's cool. Like, literally right around the corner. Like, I can run full speed and get there without being out of breath. Oh, So, you know that's close. Yeah, so we we go see it on Saturday. Yes, we go, and I'm going with cash. Okay. Like, hey, how you doing? I want it. (laughs) Right. I mean, as long as the kitchen and the bathroom is all right, you know. You I'm in? literally like, hey, how you doing? I want it. Yes. Okay. Well, let me know. So, you know, I will. You know, they they say money talks in real estate. So, I'm just going with <laughs> money the Money talks in life. I, well, you know. Sure I just don't have no saying, time Hello. To <laughs> 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 oh, my goodness. So, who did some shit this week? Child, it's so much stuff going on, but you, I wanted to talk about a couple things real quick. So, you know, I live in Northern Virginia, right? And mm-hmm. around the corner from me is the LA Fitness. So at the LA okay. Fitness, they have pickup basketball games going on. You know what a pickup basketball game is, right? Right. Oh, okay. So, I'm from the hood. Yes. Thank yeah. You. Okay. So they got pickup basketball games going on all the time. Excuse me. I got tongue tied. And it was a gentleman there. In a pickup basketball game, a group of gentlemen, one of the gentlemen was mm-hmm. uh, black, the other one was white. They playing against each other. The black gentleman fouled the white guy. 
And mm-hmm. instead of the white guy saying, damn, you fouled me crazy, whatever, like they do in pickup basketball games, he called the cops. What? Yeah. Yes, he called the cops. Bowling while black? Yes. You can't. Now we got bowling while black. Girl, it's the, this stuff is becoming oh nonsense. He, he, so when the cops came, it was another guy that was filming it, you know, like on Snapchat or something like that. And he asked the cop, like, have uh-huh. you ever been called for a foul in a basketball game? He was like, no, it's, this is the first time that this has ever happened. Mm, mm, mm. Can you believe, I, of all of the things that we've heard, you know, you can't sell waters. The kids can't sell waters. Uh, you can't barbecue. Right. You, can't, you, go, you can't, you can't sit by your own pool. Yeah, where you pay rent. At your own residence. You know, at your own you residence. Rent, you can't right. do none of that. And now you can't even play mm-hmm. basketball because you'll get the police called on you. And get this. When the police came and left, because of course it was nothing to happen, you know. Right. What you going to do? Right. Right. They went back to playing the basketball game. Like, why would you go back to playing the game with this dude that just called the cops on you for filing him in a damn pickup basketball game where there are no rules? You make up your own rules. Why would you go back to playing a game with this man? I this is this is what I don't understand. We clearly this is not this. I don't think. I mean, it may, you know, prejudice and racism may have something to do with this, but this is definitely no shade to the intellectually disabled, but this guy has to be intellectually disabled. Yeah. Somebody like he doesn't, somebody had to tell him like, you know how your mom say, don't let anybody touch you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> Like he must have been like, oh, this is what my mom was talking about. Yeah, something. You know what I mean? Like he had to be disabled or something. No, he to, wasn't disabled. You know, something yes. is. He had to be. He, he wasn't had disabled. To. That's my this story. Is just a sign I'm sticking of weakness. to it. That the world today is weak. The and it ain't just. I mean, the, we know that the white people was weak. They've been weak, but the is this is some weakness. You disabled all right in your manhood being weak as hell that you can't even take a hard file that supposedly wasn't even a hard file that you call the cops like you come on this sounds like intellectual disability to me well we gonna go with that then what to do (laughs) yes because i mean clearly clearly you you i mean you can't even get your lebron james on you can't even be great (laughs) like come on now nothing (laughs) Listen. You gotta defend. I mean, I'll okay. Yeah. This, All right. Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, don't don't be out there playing hard basketball, y'all, because you don't know. You know, especially if you if you got the melanin in you, you gonna definitely get the cops called on you. This is an all time new low, and here we are, 2018 people. But moving on from I'm, that, wait, I'm sticking with my thing. He need he needs to be in the Special Olympics oh. and not. <laughs> pick up basketball he he's clearly has disabilities that's my story i'm sticking to it I'm rolling what, with what you. who I'm else did some shit so yeah. speaking <laughs> of being needing to be in the special olympics um stevie j and faith got married faith evans mm. and stevie j got that's married. that's nice that's biggie's wife right yes oh okay First of all, all right. I tell y'all this in every congratulations. podcast. Congratulations. No, okay. not no damn congratulations. I tell y'all this in every I podcast, mean, <laughs> and I'm going to say it again. I can't drive this point home more than now. 
don't do drugs. Do not do drugs. Mm. D- drugs are not your friend. Don't do them. Because in the past, it has been alleged, we definitely say alleged, that Stevie J and Faith sniff coke. Something's going on. Okay. In the drug department. Okay. For Stevie J and Faith Evans to be getting married. Come on, man. I mean, if they happy, nah. you know, um, yeah, I, I got congratulations. That's what, that's what I got. I got congratulations. Oh, my God, look at you. <laughs> that's, that's what I, got. I was thinking about this, and I was like, well, you know, <laughs> neither one of them need to stay in the country, so it ain't that. You know, Stevie J is backed up in child support, but getting married, don't take that away. So it ain't that. So the only other thing that I came up with is, is Coke. That's it. So well, you don't have to marry to sniff Coke. You don't, but you, when you sniff Coke, you do crazy stuff. Oh, okay. That's okay. what I'm saying. All right. That's what I'm okay. saying. But I, right. you know, I guess whatever floats your boat. Do, do you, boo. Uh, you know what I mean? Meanwhile, it's me and you. Me and you. Well, it's going to be me and you if I got marry somebody <laughs> like Stevie J. And that's no shade because I love me some Stevie J. But not like for the marrying no, type. Me you too, know, but, but just, not like for the marrying. Yeah, that's I just right. think that his antics is crazy <laughs> and funny. Uh, you know. Right. Um, okay. Moving on. Don't let it be you, okay? No, say hell no. To drugs. Hell no. Just say no. <laughs> Don't let it be you. The Stevie J and Coke. Listen. <laughs> moving on from that. Did you hear about, this is a little bit more serious. Did you hear about the daycare provider who um, hung the toddler in her basement from a noose and was sentenced to probation? Probation? Probation. 10 years probation. What state was this in? I think this was in Minnesota. Minnesota. She hung the baby, like hung like like a yes, hanging like execution hanging, by hanging. Yes, like hang she hung him. It says in the article on USA Today that I was reading, it says that she hung him by the neck with a homemade noose in her basement in Minneapolis. Uh, The case is about the little boy who very well could have taken his last breath in the basement. He didn't die. You know, it's it's important to point out that he didn't die, but this lady got probation. She said that she didn't mean it. Um, She... What? Yeah. She didn't mean it? Yes. She said that she didn't mean it. When she was making the noose, what did she mean? I... When she was putting the noose around the baby's neck, what did she mean? Exactly. When she hung the baby, what did she mean? I am so confused. Right. What? So her name was Natalia Carrera. She received received 10 years probation on Monday for hanging a toddler in her daycare and running over two men with her minivan before attempting suicide. She was facing 13 years in prison. Uh, all the victims... And this was from, this is from back in November, 2016. So the case is finally coming to court where she was sentenced to the 10 year probation. And um, all of the people survived their injuries, the baby and the two men that she ran over, they all survived their injuries. But the fact that 
they this physically woman, survived. Right. This woman but, did right. not go to jail. Like you leave your toddler in the hands of a daycare provider, you know, trusting these people with your most precious gift, which is your baby. And you go off to do your regular day's work or whatever you're doing. And then you come back and your baby is in a hospital because they was hung from a noose in a basement where you left them. And all you gave this woman was 10 years probation. And I know people who had a bag of freaking weed and got seven years. Got 10 years. Exactly. Exactly. Not just that. Not just that. Who is... Where is this baby's family? Well, you mean in general, like where were they when this happened or now that this is going? No, not they. Clearly the baby was at the daycare. Right. But the minute she got 10 years probation, I'd have been like, I'm already at the courthouse. Mm -hmm. You can save money on probation. I mean, on transportation, transport me back and forth. Right. Are you kidding me? Mm. Mm. Where is this baby's family? There is no way in the world. Mm. What? And then they're trying to say she'd that have been found in a gutter somewhere. Uh, uh, in, any re- in any real hood, in any real hood anywhere, right? Even the suburbs, maybe she'd have been found in a gutter somewhere. Ain't no way in the world, right? Mm, mm, mm. And she was saying that, you know, a week before this happened, well, her family was saying in the court that a week before this happened, she told them that she was having suicidal thoughts and things of that nature. And my thing is, is this, if somebody in your family, your mother, your uh, wife or whomever told you that they was having suicidal thoughts and the fact that you didn't say, oh, okay, well, then you don't need to be watching these kids. That speaks right. volumes as well. And so everybody right. all the way around has, held accountable. Right. right. Everybody all the way around right. has failed this family and this baby and these two men that she ran over because if exactly. she, she did I something agree. like this, then this ain't going to be the last time. And ain't no damn amount of probation. She need to be locked up underneath for the damn jail her her yes. family and for not for letting us still right. take care of that's the damn right. kids every damn body needs to be held accountable for that's something right. like this and it's just goes I to agree. show you that it's so ridiculous the way that the quote unquote justice system is it does not give real people justice it doesn't it does not and i'm sorry you know mental illness is real yeah but we do not do a good job at caring for the mentally ill right. in this country. And unfortunately, the prisons are full of people who have committed crimes in psychotic states. And she should be one of them. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. So, but that just goes to show you it is a matter of where you live. Mm-hmm. Because listen to this shit. In Texas, Texas just executed... Um, I think his name is Christopher Young. Okay. He got executed on Tuesday for um, he he killed a store owner in a robbery in 2004. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, first of all, I went to Houston. I had a great time. Houston was fun. But you couldn't pay me to live in Texas because they don't play when it comes to this death right. penalty thing. They be like, next, next, next. So they killed this young man Mm. he was 34 years old so that means he was 20 when he committed the crime and they gave him the death penalty Mm. 
And he's only been on death row for 14 years. Now you hear people being on death row for 25, 35, 40 Mm -hmm. years, all of this stuff. Yeah. Not him. He was, he was sentenced to death Mm. and they executed him even though the victim's family petitioned the court to have his sentence commuted to life in prison. Oh, really? So even the family had forgiven him talking about he was, you know, even if you was a gangster, whatever, you know, you're young and dumb and, you know, you're doing dumb things. And mm -hmm. I'm not saying he doesn't deserve to be in prison. That's not what I'm saying. But you see how quick they are to snatch a black man's life. Of course they are. They want it's I was a genocide just like, against black shit. people and anybody. And I've said this in the past, and I'm going to continue to say that throughout the time that we are um, on this podcast. It's a genocide against black people. If you don't believe that, and if you don't see that, then you are absolutely 100% blind because a blind man could see it, you know, calling the cops on anything, on us for anything, you know, killing this man even when his family said no just let him stay in jail you know what i'm saying if you if they could forgive him then why the hell can't you but here we go with the justice system again that serves no justice you know what i'm saying you got a, 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 no a woman justice. who almost killed a baby you know very a well baby with no problem you know like you said when they was making the noose you know, she was thinking about right. all of the things that her ass was getting ready to do. And then you got this man mm-hmm. who made a decision. Don't get me wrong. He made a decision to do something and he's paying for his crime. But you don't have no problem killing him. You ain't had no problem giving his ass the death penalty. And you only gave this woman probation. You know, it, 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 it just is what it is. It's a they want us going, you know point blank period when mm-hmm. when people call the cops on us you don't think about the consequences that that has on black people you playing a pickup basketball game in a damn um in a damn gym you could have been executed with no problem you know what i'm saying but then right. you get ready to kill right. a baby and run over two other damn people and it's like well i could just go home with my suicidal thoughts get the hell out of here right and she got probation like no bracelet no nothing i'm nothing hurt. exactly and so, you know, I, I just, it's ridiculous, but, you know, prayers out to his family because when things like that happen, two families are distraught, you know what I'm saying? And, and that's just what mm-hmm. it is. And, um, you know, I, I wanted to say something, uh, before I go into our last who did some shit, you know, yesterday, well, I don't know if it was yesterday, but June 8th, July 18th, excuse me, was Nelson Mandela's hundredth birthday Nelson Mandela would have been been 100 uh, years old on July 18th so happy birthday Nelson Mandela I just thought that that was a good honorable mention okay yes I don't know about if I believe in saying happy birthday to the dead, but okay. Well, I mean, it, it, it's, you know, it is what it is. It would have been his birthday, 100. And that's something to celebrate because his legacy still lives on. But uh, last that's but not right. least, before we uh, get off of this, who did some shit? You know Charlemagne is all in the news. Charlemagne the guy is all in the news. Um <laughs> So Charlemagne, the guy, is in the news because he is being accused of allegations of rape. Right. 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 So back in the 90s, it was like 20 years ago, he said uh, that he threw a party and 
you know, some things happened at the party and allegedly a young girl at the party who I think was like at 15 at the time, either 15 or 17 at the time, she was mm-hmm. raped and wow. she's now coming out uh, 20 years later and saying that it was Charlemagne who raped her. Now, this happened in South Carolina where he is originally from and South Carolina okay. has decided uh, not to pursue the charges. They said that there was no DNA found, um, none of Charlemagne's DNA or anything found, and so they're not pursuing the charges. The statute of limitation has uh, exceeded the time, and they are not uh, going forth with the charges. And so the young lady um, is moving on to now trying to pursue it in a different way, and I'm assuming civil instead right. of criminals since they're not going to pick up stating that her mother mm-hmm. um didn't want her to uh you know press charges back then and charlemagne told the story of this happening in a podcast i don't know if it was his pod i think it was his podcast the brilliant idiots i think it was his mm-hmm. podcast back in 2015 he was talking to dj academics and he you know, went over the story. And he said then uh-huh. it happened. I, he knew it happened. He had the party where, you know, he, he admits that he was the one who threw the party, but he did not rape the girl. And so it goes back to this whole thing of like all these people coming out of the world works with Bill Cosby and Harvey Weinstein and mm-hmm. all of this other kind of stuff. And so, you know, it's the big thing about the Me Too movement. And, and Charlemagne has been very vocal when it comes down to the Me Too movement. Um, I'm not victim shaming at all. I'm not saying that the girl is lying or anything like that. We don't know how long it takes for somebody to get over something to bring it back up or whatever. I just thought that it was... It, it's always a little bit interesting to me when people do um, come back up with the stuff because it makes me feel like on one hand, do you girl, if you feel like this happened to you, then pursue it. And then it makes me feel like on the other hand, if Charlemagne the guy wasn't Charlemagne the guy, would you still pursue it? Mm. You know, I don't know. I don't know. We wasn't there. You know, Charlemagne damn sure ain't denied that he knows that it happens. You know what I'm saying? He just is denying that he didn't do it and he don't know who did it. You know what I'm saying? And maybe he does know who did it because you know how it is in small towns. We from a a small city. And so everybody know everybody and everybody know what something everybody else is doing. So I'm pretty sure he might know somebody who did it. You know, we, we don't know. But, you know, it's just like he's all over the the blogs and the news and stuff like that now with this so what's your thoughts on it i'm thinking a and this i don't understand our rape culture Mm -hmm. i just i really don't understand it because as a as a woman i feel like we we always hold this shame you know, and it may have some historical traumatic influences of why we behave this way. Women feel shameful. They don't want to come forward. They don't want to, you know, tell the whole truth because it makes them look bad. People victim shame. People don't believe you. It's hard to prove mm-hmm. prior to DNA tests. You know, it was your word against theirs and stuff like that. Right. And with all of that going on, and I really do understand that it may make it difficult 
however, I, me personally, I'm just the kind of person where I'm never going to shut up. Right, right, right. You know, I'm never going to shut up. I don't care what you say about me. I don't care what you think of me. I don't care what. I'm never going to shut up until I get some justice. Right. If something happened to me. Right. That's how I feel. So, so that's, and that's how I feel. So, one, Charlemagne gave this party. How old is Charlemagne? At the time, I Isn't think he, he was. Yeah. I think Charlemagne is like early 30s. So, I. Now? Yeah, like now. He might be like, no, 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 I'm lying. He's 40. Charlemagne is older. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's yeah. 40. I, so, I'm so, my bad. He's 40. So, okay, you 15 years old at the party. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. I wasn't the house party kind of chick. You like to going out when I was a teenager. That's number one. You know, you out here doing all this crazy stuff. Why? Two, where are your girlfriends? Because mm-hmm. you damn sure should have been at the party by yourself. You should have somebody having your back talk about, no, we was in a room. Pookie came, then John John. You mm-hmm. know, somebody should be able to corroborate your story. Where are your girlfriends? Right. And, you know, and then you do have to question, does she want attention? Because now we live in a society where you can become famous for anything, even if it's only 30 seconds. Like the next thing you know, you the best thing since bubblicious bubblegum. Yeah, and I and that and I you know think I mean? that because that's the big problem. A regular too, person Right. I, I'm not saying it's right, but I'm just saying a regular person to come back 20 years later and accuse them. Because like I said, if it was me, I would never shut up. Mm-hmm. Not from the first day. But for 20 years later, if you come back and say, um, you know, John Barley mm-hmm. raped me 20 years ago, you know, oh well. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. No, nobody really looking for John Barley. Nobody knows John Barley. You don't know. It, it's not giving. What satisfaction are you getting? Right. You know, and your mom is saying that. I don't, you know, so I, yeah, I don't know. And if Charlemagne, I really, if Charlemagne says he didn't do it, like he didn't do it, you cannot, it, it's, it's her word against his, which is probably always the difficult thing in a rape case. Yeah, it is. You know, it is. if you, you 15 years old, you 15 years old, you don't know what's going on at this party. You don't know who's at this party. You don't have anybody cooperating your story. You know, it could be like 12 dudes in the hood that look like Charlemagne. Right. I think that the days you know and times I mean? that we live in now is very, it's, it's, it's such a catch 22 because like you said, people want to get famous for anything. And so it's, mm-hmm. it's such a catch 22 because, and we, you know, in no shape, form or fashion, are we saying that this didn't happen to this girl? Cause your truth is your truth. You know no. what I'm saying? Point blank period. Right. Exactly. However, it's very hard in this day and time for you to victims or not victims or whomever, you know, to, to be taken seriously just because of how it is today. You know what I'm saying? Everybody want to videotape mm-hmm. you. They want to come out. They want to be famous. They don't want to put the work in. They just want to, you know, be known or whatever. It ain't even about no money. It's just more about the fame. So it's, it's, it's a catch 22 with all of it. You know, Charlemagne, mm-hmm. you know, I mean, if you did it, then you need to be prosecuted for it. And if you didn't do it, it, then she need to be prosecuted for it because don't just be making up people's uh, lies like this that could damage somebody's life. 
her and him. You know what I'm saying? And that's just where right. what it is. Her and him. But listen. Right. Moving on from that, I, I got some other shit on my mind that I just needed to talk about before we uh, uh, wrap this thing up for the day. Uh, what else is on your mind? So you know how you get a Facebook memory and it comes on your timeline? So I was reading my oh, yeah. um, memory and I wrote a Facebook post back in 2016 about being desensitized and as I was reading okay. the memory I was like damn not a lot has changed so so back in 2016 I wrote um desensitized it makes someone less likely to feel shocked or distressed at scenes of cruelty violence or suffering by overexposure to such images and I was saying, what happens when you are from a city that is killing at an alarming rate? When you know family, friends, strangers dying all the time. Then I said, the madness has to stop. I am praying for family and friends today and always. I'm tired of getting calls, seeing faces, and hearing cries from life lost to these streets. Life is more than this. It's better than this. And... I wrote that, like I said, in 2016. And the reason why I brought it up is because when I was reading it today, I was like, damn, yo, I wrote this in 2016 and the same exact sentiments stand today. And I thought the same exact thing because mm -hmm. I was scrolling on Facebook yet again today and I saw somebody else who had got murdered. And I'm like, damn, yo, like. Here we go again. But I seen that. I looked at it. And then I just kept I just kept it moving like it wasn't nothing. And I went to the next post and went to the next post. And I was just thinking like, damn, yo. You desensitize yourself. It, like, it's crazy. It, it really got me thinking how sad it is, how desensitized the society is, especially the youth. You know, we have become desensitized to violence, abuse, death, and trauma. And violence right. is already a tough topic for people to discuss, particularly because we are bombarded with it. Like, we see it all the time. Our response to the violence has become null and void, you know, and you get these reactions because stuff like school shootings happen, you know, Sandy Hook, Columbine, mm -hmm. club shootings like Paulson, church shootings like uh, Charleston. And they just keep happening. As soon as you gr start grieving or you like, damn, I can't believe that it's the next one happening. So while you can't you don't think about it, you think it's like unreal, you know, and I'm sure it is to some people. But I was just thinking about us, like where we from, we grew up mm -hmm. around it. You know, we're from the inner cities. Like it's really a sad reality, but it's our reality. You know what I'm saying? I know exactly what you're saying. And um, I agree. We really are. And when I say we, I really mean everybody. Yes, everybody. We are we are desensitized. Number one, you know, the news uses the sensationalism. Mm -hmm. So it's not, it's not like these things are new. It's just that we're more aware of it via the news, the radio, music, right. social media, mm -hmm. you know, things like, so now we're more aware of what's going on everywhere. Yes. You know, and I remember being, um, younger, 
and always being afraid of things. Like I was afraid of things that normal children yeah, should, should be, be afraid, afraid of. of. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you, I was afraid because you know, you're a kid and it's not normal. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. it, it's not normal. And I remember, um, as I was growing up, like in school, when I learned that standardized tests were created, uh, were disproportionately created to um, outcast the children that are in urban neighborhoods mm-hmm. because the, these sentences that they, these definitions and these words, these are not things that we use in our everyday life. Right. We don't even know what half of those things are. So then they, you know, it's something for them to label us stupid. Right. To tell us that we can't learn, to tell us that we don't know anything, to for them to make more prison cells so they can put our boys yep. straight into the prison pipeline. And our girls You as know well. what I mean? Yep. So, it, exactly. So, all of these, and I learned this as a young person. Mm-hmm. I learned, you know, my uncle... My uncle and my aunt were very street savvy. Mm-hmm. They were very street savvy. And my mom was too. She knew what was going on, but she just didn't partake the way they did. So whenever they came over and they were over all the time, because mm-hmm. my mom is like, really, you know, she was real serious about her family. She ain't care what, right. you know, that's my people. So they were always at our house, but my mom don't bring that shit in here. Yeah. Don't bring that shit in here. You know? And I remember, you know, my uncle getting into things and then, you know, as soon as he hit the corner where we lived, if he saw me and Tisha outside, he'd be like, yo, like yeah. he would like kill you right there. Like, don't even think about, right. you know, bringing that stuff in this area. But it's just not like that anymore. No, it's not. I, I listen, I grew, it's just, I grew up. Well, you know, we cousins, so we know how we grew up. But, you know, right. my mother and my father are very street savvy, you know. Um, mm-hmm. my father has been in and out of prison a, a, a large majority of my life, you know, and I remember my father and mom teaching me the game early. And when I mean the game, mm-hmm. I don't mean like the drug game or anything like that. I mean, game like street smart, street, you know, game. street yeah, exactly. game, what to do and what not to do. And it's crazy when I think about it, like, like you said, we were very young, but we had to learn those type of things very early on you know you had to have a hustler's mentality really you know Mm -hmm. no when you grow up and you grow up in the quote-unquote ghetto you know uh what they like to call the ghetto inner cities you have to have that kind of mentality you know because it's either like for lack of a better term, it's like killed or be killed. Do you know what I'm saying? Like you gonna be the food or you gonna be the one eating the food. It's 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 really like that. You it know definitely what I'm is. It definitely is survival of the fittest. Yeah. It definitely is, but it's survival of the fittest on a different level mm-hmm. because some people are more fit. Yes. And they even get out. Yes. You know, they get out and then they don't function well Mm -hmm. if they have to come back or they don't want to come back. Right. You know, so and so it's that kind of fit. And then it's the other kind of fit where, you know, I'm the king of the jungle fit. Yeah. Like I'm right here. But, you know, I'm the fittest of the fit. Right. You know what I mean? But I don't leave the air. I don't leave the environment. So it is. um, 
you know, and, and that's, that's, it is what it is. That's it. Mm-hmm. And that's exactly what it is. But we are desensitized for it. And, you know, I don't want people to think that we're making up a word no, we're because not. <laughs> we're not. <laughs> so desensitization is a real word. And it really is a technique that psychologists and psychiatrists and other therapists, they use to treat people with, um, anxiety Mm -hmm. and like really high anxiety or have panic attacks Mm -hmm. and things like that because they have these triggers like you could be afraid of heights Mm -hmm. so what they do is they give you a little bit you know you get on the second floor go on the balcony until you can feel a little calm and then you go on the fourth floor Mm -hmm. you go on the balcony until you're a little calm and you know they work at it you know, week after week or however they do the therapy, they keep exposing you to it. So you're less sensitive to it and it no longer causes you the stress or anxiety that it used to cause you. Right. And that's exactly what we are experiencing as a people. Yes. Yes. As a people everywhere and not just people in the hood. Mm -hmm. It's also the people who live out Side the hood, but think that they live in the hood and they want to listen to the trap music yeah. and they want to play the um, Grand Theft Auto mm-hmm. video games and they want to do all those kind of things. It's them too, yeah. You know, because they're they're over exposing themselves, right, to that to kind of mm-hmm, to violence exactly. and, it, and, and and drugs and alcohol. You know, but specifically, mm-hmm. you know, when I wrote the post. And the reason why I brought it up today is specifically to like us, you know what I'm saying? To people who are right. from where we're from and, 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 um, from where I'm from. Yeah, people Coming that are from, from where we're from, like ghettos, you know what I'm saying? And let's be clear. Right. Let's be very clear. Ghettos were, I'm cre- hood. yeah. And ghettos were, oh, created. Absolutely. you know what I'm saying? They absolutely. were created for absolutely. us. Absolutely. They were yes. created as a direct yes. result from the beginning um, of the great migration. You know, the great migration for yes. people who don't know was a movement where more than like a million uh, black people came from the rural Southern States and they came up to the Northern States, like between 1914 and 1940. And so they mm-hmm. moved into cities like Chicago, New York, Philadelphia, Detroit, Washington, DC, etc. And then the migration, it played an important role because the, um, it, it played the role because when they came up, they didn't have anywhere to go. So they went to these places and they had to go for the like downtrodden, the, the, you know, bad housing because, right, because that's they what they could afford. afford. They could afford it. You know what I'm saying? Else. Exactly. And the migration mm-hmm. did a couple of things. Like it helped highly educated African Americans obtain jobs and, you know, things of that nature. But it also encountered significant forms of uh discrimination because white people felt fear that their ability to, uh, you know, get these jobs and stuff like that was being taken away from them. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the black people who wanted to move into different neighborhoods and they wanted to go different places to like what we call now the suburbs and stuff like that, they weren't able to because of this. And they also encountered like widespread, you know, housing discrimination. And a lot of neighborhoods, they wouldn't rent the black people. You know, you still have neighborhoods in Texas like that right now where you can't (laughs) sell 
exactly. your house if they know that a black person lived there. You got to take down all your pictures, take down your painting, anything that looks like a black person could have lived there because like people literally won't buy your houses. And that's what people were experiencing then. And then also the government used the, the rat experiment. Yeah. Right. Well, I mean, first of all, we still have that going on today. Not only will they not buy your house if you think if they think a black person lived there, they also won't sell you a house if they think that the black family is going to move in. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, so we do go through that right now. But you're absolutely right about the rat experiment, because before they start building these projects in public housing, mm -hmm. you know, they they did the experiments. They right. put rats in a maze and they had the rats by themselves and they offered the rats cheese and you know the, the rats were living fine and they were doing well and they were thriving and then what they started to do is they started to add more rats right. just keep putting more rats in the maze and then what happened was the rats started fighting and and, and scratching each other and killing each mm -hmm, other because mm -hmm. they were fighting over they learned that they were not just fighting over the cheese but they were also fighting over the space and mm -hmm. the area and being territorial and they said, oh, yeah, that's exactly what's going to happen. Let's build them. Mm -hmm. You know, so when that's when you have these high rises in these cities like Chicago and Detroit and New York. And they have these high rise buildings and rent control. And they're offering it to you like it's the best piece of yeah, pie like that rent. you're ever going to get. Exactly. And knowing knowing they just want you to take care of yourself and when i say take care of yourself i don't mean in a good way right. like you know what they'll it, they'll make themselves extinct yes and and they knew that they knew that when they built them they knew exactly what, what was going to happen exactly. they knew it exactly they knew it. and then my thing is is this exactly when you have people that are scratching to survive to eat to pay bills to live you know just to live you are going to get violent. And like you said, they knew you that. are. And, you know, like I said, it was created that way. They want us to take each other out. They want us to be at odds. It takes the law off of them. You know, it, it, they do it with mass incarceration. They do it with the police killing mm -hmm. us. They're doing it with food mm -hmm. diseases that are only specific to uh, mostly African-Americans, you know. And mm -hmm. I was reading something today. And Even it, with our access to health care to get diseases treated. Exactly. exactly. And I was reading something today and it talked about, um, I should have wrote it down too because I did not. I'm sorry, but I'll get it and let you know because it was a really good article. And it was talking about the hood disease, you know, and, mm, and mm. when they were talking about the hood disease, they specifically talked about the hood disease and PTSD, you know, and, mm -hmm. uh, post-traumatic stress, uh, disorder. That's, that's what PTSD mm -hmm. stands for. Right. And right. so mm -hmm. they were, when I was reading it, I was like, yo, I've been saying for so long that we got PTSD, you know, people ask me right. all the time, why are you so private? Why don't you want people to know where you live? Why are you so cautious? You live in a nice neighborhood. I said, I don't live my life like that. I live my life like anybody could get me. Anybody is out to get me. You know, I, I, everybody, I, everybody. Right. I don't trust that's no right. damn body. And I surely don't trust walking out my door and being in La La Land because I live quote unquote in a nice ass neighborhood. Things happen in nice neighborhoods, just like they happen in bad neighborhoods. But anyway, I, the article was talking all about the PTSD and it was talking about the, how there are four types of PTSD. 
Uh, one was reliving the event. It's also called re-experiencing symptoms, you know. Um, the next one was avoiding situations that remind you of the event. Uh, the next one is mm-hmm. negative changes in beliefs and feelings. And then the final one mm-hmm. was feeling keyed up, also called hyper arousal. And I was like, damn, you know, when I'm in certain settings, I have all of that. Like I have all mm-hmm. of that, you know, um, and it's because of being desensitized it's because of when you I, I just it's not normal to constantly know that somebody that you know that are is close to you not I don't mean like you know pray you know I pray for their families when school shootings happen and stuff like that I'm talking about like right. Jojo from up the block that you know all your damn life exactly. I'm talking about my ex boyfriend who literally has lost all his friends you know what i'm saying like and when i say right. all his friends i mean all his damn friends he probably got two friends left in life you know what i'm saying like what kind of mentality do you think that a person like that is supposed to have what kind of emotional state do you think that a person like that is supposed to have boys that's like his brothers that you literally no longer have around you you know what i'm saying people that you are close to I mean, even us, we have experienced that in our own family. You know, anybody that has been listening to the podcast, you know that we are cousins, but we are close, more like sisters than cousins. And our family Mm -hmm. is like that. We grew up more like brother and sisters, more than cousins. That's how close we are. And so, you know, we lost one of our own cousins to violence, who was more like a brother. You know what I'm saying? And just... It, 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 it hits close to home. And so when, when I'm talking about being desensitized, literally being like, damn, that happened, and then looking at the next funny thing or the next whatever, like it don't even matter, you know, it's something is right. wrong with that. That's not right. That's not normal. And, and everybody has it. Right. And, and A, that's two very good points. Mm-hmm. One, Everybody has it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I said before that my best friend is the principal at a school in the city. Mm-hmm. And she has um, she has early childhood, kindergarten, the young ones. Mm-hmm. You know, they're like three to six years old in her school. She has about 500 students. And she says every single one of her students have been exposed to some kind of trauma. Right. And they're every single one and they respond or react in some kind of way that reflects the trauma that they were exposed to. Right. Um, every single one. So in a developing mind, Mm -hmm. it's even because you don't even know what's going on. Your mind is still developing. You learn how to learn between zero and five years old. That's how, that's when you learn how to learn. So it's not that you can't learn beyond five years old, but that's when you learn how you learn. So if you're an audio, uh, audio learner, that's when you know that you're that from zero to five years. If you like to hear things, that's when you start developing that. If you need to do hands-on tactile things, Mm -hmm. that's when you learn how to learn between zero and five years. And all of her students, she said, has experienced some kind of trauma and suffers from some form of PTSD. Which the other sad. thing you said that is very important, it's very sad. But the one other thing that you said is that this is not normal at all. It's not normal. What we experience in everyday life growing up in the inner cities and things like that, it is not normal. And life 
outside of our environment, like when you go to college or when you get a job or whatever you do in adulthood, life does not accommodate and they don't look to accommodate and they don't care nothing about those experiences that you have or that PTSD that you have. They don't care anything about that. No. And you know, and if, uh, if we are desensitized, we also cannot have any empathy. No, exactly. And they don't have any empathy for us. At all. So it makes it twice as hard for us to live. It does. No, I'm sorry. No, I, I, I'm sorry to even cut you off. I wanted to let you get your thought out. But I, I just was thinking, just piggybacking off of what you said, we really are kind of like the forgotten people. You know what I'm saying? And we people are. think that it's just a hood disease. It's like they said in the article, and it's not just a hood disease. You know what I'm saying? They got that mentality like we should just get over it. We don't need help. Um, we're used to this, you know, using those kind of phrases. And mm-hmm. I know for right. me, it, it, it even it's, it makes me even mad to say it. And it makes me sad to think it. I am. That is how I am. And I don't want to be. I don't mm-hmm. want to be desensitized. Right. And I don't want to just get over it. And I don't want to just move on to the next thing. You know what I'm saying? It, mm-hmm. That's not something that I want to do. You know, um, we people you know specifically in inner cities in the hoods we need help you know what i'm saying we definitely need help these young people like you said all them young people that have experienced trauma and the young people are more violent like these young kids that's out here today they really have a don't give a fuck mentality i have never seen it's that's true that no, is listen, very true. When I remember when we was younger, and and, and 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 what I'm about to say is not condoning what I'm about to say. It's not. But I'm just going to say it because it is what it is. When we was younger, it was a code of ethics, even in the streets. You know what I'm saying? It really was. It was no women, mm-hmm. no children. You know, you wasn't shooting people in broad daylight, you know. And, 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 and that's not to say that any of it is right because it's not. It's like you said, it's not normal. However, it was that. Nowadays, there is nothing. It's like the wild, wild damn west. These kids, you know, it's from well, what, they're, or what they are experiencing from young ages. Like you said, zero to five is when you learn so if you ain't learning nothing but violence domestic violence you know uh street violence gun violence if you're not learning anything seeing anything knowing anything different then it's kind of like what do we expect but it's a shame mm-hmm. um right dr Irvin parsons he has his phd in psychology mm-hmm. and he worked in the court system he's a black man mm-hmm. and he worked in a court system for a long time and he did his um i think he did his like dissertation on um something he calls urban violence traumatic stress response syndrome okay and he was saying because he worked with a lot of juveniles that were assigned by the court mm-hmm. And he said it took him a long time because, you know, you had to establish a relationship with these clients Mm -hmm. and things like that. And he said the root of every single one was some kind of urban violent experience. They either witnessed it 
participated in mm-hmm. it. Their parents did it. And this is, and this syndrome is their response to dealing with that trauma. What, you know, we call the PTSD. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how they respond to the PTSD. And he says, some people will go the violent route. Mm-hmm. Some people will go, you know, they lash out at other things like they hit innate objects and things like mm-hmm. that. But he said, this is a very real thing. And he did it this is. study back in the 90s, back in the early 90s, and got research from way back in the 70s. So it's really not a new thing. At all. But you are so right. These young kids, they are, they have no filter at all. None. None, zero, zilch. But, and it's crazy that you say, I mean, not crazy, but I really dig it what you're saying. Like, you know, I'm like that too. And I really felt like I was getting that way. But I took some steps, my own self, because I never want to be, um, I don't want to be desensitized, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if you are kindred with someone, when you hurt, when they hurt, you hurt, right? You know, and I always want to be like respective of what somebody is going through. Now, you know, and if you're in leadership at my church, you have to take the leadership inventory, um, spiritual gifts inventory, like every three years. And uh-huh. I always score the lowest in empathy. Mm. I always score. That's my lowest score is empathy. And I'm not very empathetic, but I'm not desensitized. Well, um, what, you know, I'm not. I and I have taken steps. I know. I mean, you know, and, and a lot of people are, but and I'm, but I'm not as sensitive as I used to be. Right. You know, I'm not, I'm not, but I'm not totally desensitized and, and I've done that. purposely what, what do taking do? some steps. What do, what, what do, I mean, what are some of the things, because to be honest with you, I don't want to be either. I mean, I have empathy when certain things happen, but the fact that I can get over, you know, and, and it, it's not death. Mm-hmm. It's not like I could get over death. You know what I'm saying? Like we lose people in right. our family. I'm sad to no end you know what I'm saying but Mm -hmm. when I hear about gun violence or I hear about certain things it's just like damn I could feel you like damn but I can just keep on moving too like well same shit different day you understand what I'm saying and I I definitely don't want to do that and then to help people even that's in my life like I said my ex who I'm very much still friends with for for even stuff that he's going through Mm -hmm. my brother who lost his two best friends you know what I'm saying like what is some of the things that we could do to counteract um being desensitized well I mean this this is for me and this is when I realized that I realized that when my mother passed Mm -hmm. I realized that every time I told somebody oh I'm sorry for your loss Mm -hmm. you know prior to my mother passing yeah I didn't mean that I mean, I thought I did, but I didn't. Mm -hmm. I had no idea of what it meant to be sorry for somebody else's loss Mm -hmm. like that. Mm -hmm. I, you know, I didn't, but when I lost my mother, like when people would say that to me, I was just looking at them like, you can't possibly, you know what I mean? Because I didn't realize the depth of the hurt you know, the trauma that I felt Mm -hmm. from losing my mother. Mm -hmm. I just, you know, so that is what made me aware. So ever since my mother passed, when things happen to people and whatever my relationship is with that person, I feel, I think, well, I feel more than I did before. Mm -hmm. You know, it doesn't come out of my mouth. I don't say I'm sorry for your loss. I don't say that because it's not something that you can say. Yeah. But I think I more offer myself. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So, so the first thing you have to do is you have to realize that you're not sensitive to stuff. Yeah. You know, because if you don't realize that you're not sensitive, you'll never do anything to try to fix it. Right. And so when, when things happen, we can't, you know, if you see something on your timeline, you can't just keep scrolling mm-hmm. after you read the article. You need to stop what you're doing and really process, process what happened. Yeah. And if you're spiritual, say a prayer or something. And I'm not talking about hold it in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about hold it in. I'm just saying take a minute and process what happened. Mm-hmm. But if you keep on going, that just you know, increases your desensitization. Mm -hmm. Another thing you have to do is acknowledge your feelings. If you don't know, if you've never lost, like this person has lost, acknowledge that. Yeah. I can't imagine what you feel like, but I'm here. Yeah. You know what I mean? I can't imagine what that would be. You know, if you need anything and I can help you, I'm, I'm happy to do it. Yep. You know what I mean? Like you have to be around because a lot of times people experience these traumas, just like you said, people that we know, we know well, and then we don't see them until eight months after we didn't make it to town for the funeral. Yeah. We didn't go to the viewing. Right. We didn't send them, you know, so you can't be sensitive if you're not in it. In it. Mm-hmm. And I, I think you know that it's I mean? very important that, you know, even just sitting here listening to you when, when things like this happen, after you acknowledge your feelings, you know, uh, grieve for it you know what i'm saying like grieve, grieve exactly for it. a lot right. of people don't grieve. do that and i know that yes. i'm guilty of that 100 you don't grieve until after the fact you know yes. what i'm saying you have and gr- really not just for you. the person yeah. yes not just for the person but for the situation mm-hmm. for the loss itself mm-hmm. yes you have to grieve and and you have to be who you are yep be who you are. You can't, don't worry about what other people think. You know, if it, like a lot of people are like, oh, she around here acting like they was hanging out every day. So what? Right. Maybe that's, maybe that was her relationship in her mind exactly. or whatever. So what? Be who you are. And, and it's okay. Mm-hmm. You know, don't worry about what other people may think or if somebody else say something like, that's why right. are you hanging around now and stuff like that? Don't worry don't about worry that about kind about of it. stuff. Just know that so, I'm here. You exactly. Know. And I also think exactly. that it's very important and, and, and I need to do it for myself to make a conscious decision not to lose sensitivity, you know, like really make exactly. that conscious decision and say, you know what? It's not okay. It's not normal. It's not what it is. You know, it's not what anything, Mm -hmm. you know, really just make a conscious decision and say, like you said, that was messed up and process it. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. Before I just just move on to the next thing. Exactly. And just like you said, you know, this all came up because of a Facebook memory. Mm -hmm. You know, when you see other memories on the anniversaries of the dates, you know, even before it comes up, if you remember, I don't care if it's eight months out, it could be an odd date. It doesn't have to be a year anniversary. You can say, if you think about it, you can send somebody a card or Mm -hmm. a text message or or, uh, just say, look. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I know things. I hope things are starting to settle down, but you're still in my prayers. That's right. I'm still thinking about you. That's you know, right. I know that these things are going on because I think it's very important to apply actions yeah. to your decisions. Yeah. You can't just make decisions and not do anything. You know, if, if 
desensitization is an issue for you do something about mm-hmm. it you know you can now everybody you know some people want to march on washington and some people want to have sit-ins and hunger strikes i'm personally not for the hunger mm-hmm. strike but you know solid protests or whatever but whatever you choose to do do something yeah. volunteer somewhere or have a letter writing campaign or mm-hmm. you know do something you cannot make decisions and say i want and then don't, don't put do any that. action yeah. behind it they definitely speak you louder can't do than that. words yes you can't do that and that's and that's pretty much you know that's all i have because i can't think of anything else right now and um i'm just like as i'm saying it i'm thinking of people that i know have been through some loss and even some people who are going through right now with you know illness of their parents and mm-hmm. things like that and that's difficult because yes. i've been there too yeah you know what i mean so i just need to reach out to some people right now yes I'm gonna reach out, <laughs> I, and I'm gonna do it, and I'm gonna do it with you because you know it, it, I I feel myself getting to that point, you know, and I don't want to be desensitized, and so you know this 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 podcast really has made me think. It has made me think of what we go through in um, the cities, what you take out, who who it makes you become, you know, and I'm gonna do my best to try to be very conscious of that and not lose. Um, my sensitivity or be desensitized to the stuff that's going on in the world. And I, I mean, that's, that's yeah. all that we could do. Definitely. I want to tell you, I love you. And, um, I love you too, my, yeah, you know, stay on me about this. Stay on me about this. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, so let's go ahead and get on out of here because I think that nothing wraps it up better than me telling you that I love you and you telling you that you love me. And I hope that this podcast this week made you guys think too, are you desensitized? Um, do you think that you suffer from PTSD? Uh, if you are seek help, you know, these are real issues. They're real issues that people go through you know we specifically talked about our issues coming from where we're from and um how it affects us Mm -hmm. but if it affects you in different ways if you're suffering from any kind of mental uh anything just get reach out and get help there are plenty of places that you could go you know we talked about the lady earlier having suicidal thoughts if that's you reach out to somebody and reach out and get help. Try not to be desensitized because things is just going to keep on happening and we just got to, you know, push through them, uh, you know, acknowledge it yes. and then push through them. So, right. you know, remember that you can always follow us on social media. We are at, we did that shit on all social media platforms. We are on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Leave us some comments, y'all. You know, I see y'all liking our posts and retweeting our um, episodes and all that and other we kind appreciate of stuff. And we you. definitely appreciate that. But talk to us, you know. Let us know what you think and what you like in the show. You got something that you want. We did that shit specifically to talk about. You can always send us an email with anything that you need to say at we did that shit um, at gmail.com. Again, it's one word. We did that shit at gmail.com. We really do appreciate you guys we want to make sure that you subscribe to the podcast you can listen to us on so many platforms now we are on itunes spotify overcast google Podcasts, um stitcher Castbox. i mean you name it we are there so it's no excuse that you could go out and support the show just click that subscribe button and um yeah help us out 
Uh, remember, you can always follow me on my personal Twitter. It's MyMy13. That's M-Y-M-Y-1-3. And I'm at Babiamina. That's B-I-B-B-I-A-M-I-N-A. Yeah, so follow us, y'all. Drop us a line or two. Rate the podcast. Subscribe, like, share the uh, podcast as well. And we will be here same time next week. Remember, a new episode airs every Monday. So we'll see you then. Show some sensitivity this week. And be great. Do that shit.